Welcome to City Reach Cumberland's weekly podcast. We hope this message blesses you. For more information about us, you can check us out on the web at cityreachcumberland.com. Technical. There we go. Now we're working. Oh, it said in there that, that not even your mistakes are wasted. And that's, that's what God does exactly. Oh. You guys remember the, the artist that used to be on uh, TV? Uh, I believe his name was Ross or something like that. He, he'd make a mistake and he'd say, oh, we're just going to put a happy little tree. Well, that's, what, that's what God does. He takes your mistake and makes a tree of life. Am I on? There we go. Now I don't have to hold it. Much better. My, my wife identifies it all the time. Anytime I have to hold something, you can see my, my jitters and shakes and my convulsing. <laughs> so it's it's a pleasure to be here. I don't want to thank the worship team. Um, you guys did an amazing job last night, and I, can we give them some praise? So I know your fingers have to be hurting, Kim. I don't know how you're still speaking. I mean, she was she hanging out to God last. Uh, it's, it's just amazing to see her be able to get up here this morning and, and do it again. Um, in Luke 15, it tells us that God and angels rejoice for just a single salvation, that they celebrate it. And uh, I think we should too. And last night, we had one of our, our new members of the Men's Hope Home, Alex. He, he decided to give his life to God. That's, yeah. That is... That's, it's definitely worth praise, and to watch just the transformation in one single week that God has done in his life already, brought him out of drug addiction and, and brought him through the withdrawal and, and put a smile on his face. He walked up yesterday, he walked up yesterday and I, I told him, I said, who are you? You're, who, like, you're a brand new guy. It's amazing. So. I can stop shaking here, we might get through this. There we go. All right. So, one of the things that, that I want to talk to you guys today about is your path in life. And I want you guys, as you, as you sit today and, and you hear this message, don't think about the person sitting next to you. Don't hear a verse. I know somebody that needed to hear that. I want you to think about your own path that you're taking in life. Just concentrate on self and God today and where he's taking you to. Um, before we get into the message, let's, let's go ahead and pray over top of this word. Ask for God's anointing on it. Father God, we thank you here this morning. We, we thank you for this word that you've given. God, I, I ask that you bless this. I ask that you, you let it be received by the hearts and minds of the men and women that sit here, the men and women that are online. God, allow this to, to be all of you none of me. Use me today as your vessel to speak to the ones that need to hear this, Father God. We thank you for this church that you've given us, and we thank you for the heart you so graciously share with us. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, so like I said, we're, we're concentrating on your path today, and that's uh, exactly what I've, I've entitled this message. And uh, the first scripture that we're going to look at is Hebrews 12.1. Um, as I was praying over top of this this week, and 
I, I was reading and, and I, I came across this scripture. God allowed me to see something that I've never really seen before. Now that may be due to the fact that I have like a sixth grade education and punctuation and that wasn't really in my strong suit. But God showed this to me and I want you guys to see it too. This scripture reads, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Like I said, we're going we're gonna to break this down and, and look at the punctuation because there's places where God wants you to pause and think about what was just said before you go on to the next. So the, the Bible has this entitled as just one scripture, but I see multiple scriptures inside of this one. The first part of it's therefore, and it pauses with the, with the comma. And it wants you to think of the, the previous chapter. And what it's, what it's talking about with the previous chapter is the, the crowd of witnesses it's proclaiming is the, the saints and the people of life of faith before you the ones that are constantly watching over you. But it then says, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. I don't think that, that the crowd of witnesses is just the, the saints themselves. And I got to thinking about that. And uh, at first I was like, all right, it's my, my other Christian brothers and sisters. So it's not, though. It's not just limited to the person to the right and the left of you right now. When you leave here today, the guy that's walking down the street across the way there, he's a witness to you. When you get home, the wife that's sitting beside you, the children that are playing on the floor are a witness to you. But also tomorrow, when you go to work, Debbie that's in the cubicle next to you, she's a witness. Also, anybody in the market, the grocery stores, anybody that you come in contact with. And then on Wednesday, when you're driving your car and you're paying more attention to your cell phone at the stoplight than you are the stoplight. It changes green. Joe behind you beeps his horn. What life of faith are you showing in that moment? Are you flipping the bird out the window, or are you, are you praising him and going on with your day? Thank you for, for letting me know the light turned green. So I ask you, who are your witnesses, and what life of faith are you displaying on your everyday life. Are you only displaying your life of faith in your Sunday best here this morning? Or are you displaying your life of faith on Thursday when the work week was tough and the kids are driving you nuts and the bills are due? Next part of the scripture says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Hopefully I don't spill that shaking. <laughs> um, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Now, we're not talking about sin yet, so I don't want you to get these two confused. There's things in your life that are slowing you down that aren't really bad for you, but, but they are. For myself, it was my past. I shoved it in this bag, I tethered it to my ankle, and I was dragging it along with me. Now, it's not, it's not a sin to think about my past, but what it was doing, it was a weight that was slowing me down from concentrating on my life of faith. I was paying more attention to that than I was the path that God was traveling me on now. 
So for you, what is it? What is your weight? One of the biggest ones I've found is Facebook. Facebook is not a sin unless you let it be. But here's the thing. You're paying more attention to Joe Smo's comment than what you are to what God says about you. You're allowing it to make you angry, which then is a sin because you're not supposed to have anger. So what weight is slowing you down? Is it the, the, the girlfriend that, that you're paying more attention to than you are to God? Is it, is it the extra work hours that you're taking on that really God wanted you to be home with your family instead of working 60 hours a week? What weight is slowing you down? The next pause point is at the period. It says, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. I've highlighted the sin because of the fact it doesn't say the pornographic sin, the lust sin, the thievery sin, the lying sin, the foul mouth sin. Sin is sin. Sin is sin. No sin is greater than any other. Now, there is one that's unforgivable, but that doesn't make it more than another sin. It doesn't make it more than, than cursing at your brothers or, or, or being vulgar with your children or lusting over the woman at the store. It's still sin. So what sin is it in your life that is tripping you up? It told us to, to strip these things off, and we need to take them off and lay them down. I used to run races. Um, I ran a, quite a few 5Ks. One of the things that I would do when I was preparing for the race was I wanted the lightest shoes possible. I took things out of my pockets. I wouldn't wear no more extra clothing than what I had to because it was a weight that slowed me down on my race time. So I would strip it off and I would lay it down and leave it there while I ran the race that was set before me. I took that path. So I ask you again, what weight is slowing you down? What sin is tripping you up? The next part of this says, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Endurance. Gain your strength from God to run the race that he has set before you. Now I've learned that there's, there's two paths really in life. There's the self-will self-ambition, self-desire, self-self, self-path. And then there's God's path. Self-path is like running through the Amazon jungle as fast as you can in a, in a thick part. you got a machete and you're trying to chop everything out of your way. You can't, you can't run. God says, though, I will go before you. I will prepare a way for you. He's already cleared your path for you. So accept that path. Now, as you, as you begin to run on God's path and, and you begin to take that, there's some things that I believe we need to look at when we take God's path. It's not always exactly as we see it. And we're going to look at this in Exodus with the story of the Israelites uh, leaving Egypt. And it says, this is Exodus 13, 17 is where it begins. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Palestine territory. Even though that was the shortest route to the promised land, 
God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. Thus, the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. Now hold on. It says they left ready for a battle, but previous to that, it says if they are faced with a battle, they might change their mind and return to the bondage that they were once in. So what are you doing when you're on God's path? Are you truly taking the lefts and rights when he tells you to? Or are you grabbing that self-will and trying to take the shortcut? Because sometimes you can see your promised land. You can see what God is trying to do in your life. You can see where he's taking you to, but you want to take your self-will and take the shortcut because it looks easier. But what happens when you do that, you end up with a battle that you were never designed to be in. You end up in a place where God never wanted you to be. Now, if he goes before you and prepares the way, he knows where you need to turn. He knows where you need to take the bridge instead of the low road. So nobody says that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the easiest, but it will be easier than the self-will path. So as God's preparing this, one of the things that he tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. Your path is still here on earth. You still have all the lustful things and all the things of the world that everybody else has. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Endurance, endure. God wants you to be able to endure your path. But you must be willing to take the road that he has designed for you. Not the road for the person next to you. Not, not, the, not, not a pastor's word. Okay, we're just here to, we're here to teach you, yes, and guide you. But sometimes you have to realize it's your path that you're walking. What is God saying to you? Back to Exodus, it says, And once again I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will chase after you. I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh. So once you start taking God's path, you start going left when he wants you to, you want to go right, you've, you've gotten past the, the battles that, that were there, and you, you, you look back because you just, you just want to take a glimpse of all that you've came through to get to where God has you. What do you see? That weight and that that was tripping you up that you stripped off miles ago, hightailing it towards you. See, we're using Pharaoh as the weights and the sins and stuff that were slowing you down. And he's, he's chasing after you just like he chased after the Israelites. That sin and that weight is going to come for you. What do you do, though, when you see this coming? As, as Pharaoh approached, the people of Israel looked up and panicked when they saw the Egyptians overtaking them. 
They cried out to the Lord. What are you doing when you see that stuff coming back for you? Are you doing the thing of, oh, well, there it is again. I guess, I guess it was God's purpose for me to have that stuff in my life. I, I, God designed this into, to be a part of me. No. No, he didn't. He allowed it to start coming after you to see your faithfulness, to see what you're going to do for him. Are you going to pick it back up or are you going to say, God, help me. Help me. Take this. Fight this battle. And we talked about other people showing it to you. So here's what happens with the, the Israelites. They look to Moses. And Moses, but Mo, this is Exodus 14, 13. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. So is he correct or is he wrong? But he gave them, he gave them good instructions. It sounded, it sounded beautiful. Just like when somebody's trying to guide your path for you, it's going to sound good. It's going to look attractive. But you're not supposed to stand still. What does God tell him? Because Moses is a little sidebar. And uh, God talks to him. He says in Exodus 14, 15, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Why are you listening to somebody who may have pretty nice looking with a bow on top of it present for you and not listening to God. If you took it to God yourself and you cried out to him, God help me, what's God instructing you to do? Not, not the husband, not the wife, not, the, not the, the, the pastor or the brother in the home or whatever. Are you listening to God? Because when you start listening to God, I'll show you what happens with it. Exodus 14, 16. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. So they, they, they listen to God. And, uh, you know, Moses does what he's told. And they get to walk through on, on dry ground. What happens preceding that? Sure, you know the story. Pharaoh's heart is still hardened. The sin and the thing you laid down are still chasing after you. But the walls of water at the Red Sea crush you. Crush Pharaoh, excuse me. So I want to tell you today, I want to tell you today, when you're standing in front of your Red Sea, when you're standing with your sin and your, your weight chasing you down, your Moses is already there. Your Moses 2,000 years ago raised a cross up and took the right hand of God and lifted it up on top of that cross and said, walk through the sea. Are you trusting it though? Are you seeing it? Or do you see nothing but the weight of the sin in that? Are you scared of the walls of the water. Are you scared? Well, there used to be water there. I'm probably going to sink. No, you're not. Because God has made you a faithful promise. That when, when you come to me, I will protect you.
I have forgiven you what God says. That weight, that sin that's coming, God has already taken care of it for you. God has already shed blood. That's the walls of water that crushed the Pharaoh, is the blood that came out of Jesus. So I want to ask you guys again today, what is the sin? What is the weight that is burdening you and holding you down? What is it that you need to strip off? Um, what weight and what sin are burdening? And with that weight and sin, are you willing to walk through the sea on dry ground and allow the blood of Christ to wash over top of the Pharaoh in your life, the weight and sin that was there on top of you? So as you're sitting there thinking about yourself as I asked you to do, there's something I tell to the men's home all the time. It doesn't matter what you say to me. It doesn't matter what answer you give to the pastor or the home director. What matters is are you honest with yourself? Are you honest with God? And I'm here to tell you that if, if you've never chosen path of life, the, 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 the God's path of life, not the self-will path, there's no better day them right now to proclaim, I'm going to stop hacking at these bushes over here, and I'm going to walk over here to this nice little path that's already cleared out for me. So, if you're someone who's sitting here today, and you have a weight that's on your shoulders, or your past is tethered to your ankle and you're dragging it along. I'm here to tell you, we got a big old hatchet up here that'll chop that string for you. It'll cut it right off. If it's a sin that's in your life, allow the blood of Jesus today to crush it in the Red Sea. So I ask you guys to, to join together and anyone who may need prayer, anyone who may need help chopping that weight off, we are here for you. We are, we are here to, to help guide you. But I tell you again, don't listen to what I say all the time. Listen to Jesus. Listen to God, the one that you're crying out to. So as we go into this music, I just ask that you guys, you know, you, wait, you raise your hands and you ask God, what's my sin? What's my weight? What is it that you want me to strip off? And God, help me with that. And I promise you, run the race with endurance that you have set before me. I was to deal with my, my enemies. The battles are yours, God, not my own. But I'm willing to work for it. I'm willing to do the walking down the path that you have called me to do. Thank you, guys. These altars are open to you, and we're here for you. We love you guys. Have a blessed week, and just 
remember your crowd of witnesses today as you walk out of here. 